It is September 2nd, 2016. It is a wet, windy, rainy day on the west coast here of Florida. But we're glad that you tuned in. My name is Joel Tillis. And you are listening to The Soul Trap. so very much for taking the time to tune in. We trust that wherever and whenever this broadcast finds you, it finds you in good health, good spirits, and most of all, on that good and narrow way. Yes, we are surviving the hurricane. Everything is fine here. I know this is going to be shocking to you, but the media, even the weather media, is making much ado about nothing, quite frankly. I don't know how the northern part of the state's doing. But uh, we're doing okay here. A little bit wet, a little bit soggy, but uh, before too long, the sun will be out and uh, we'll be just fine and be okay. I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. We're going to try to have another broadcast for you next week, but I will be in Honduras next week preaching down there. And I'll have several men from our church that I'll be taking down to mentor with us down there. And we're excited about being down there and the opportunity of being with our missionary down there. And uh, what a tremendous opportunity we have. And, and so we'll make sure to try to have something on the broadcast for you. But uh, if we're a little bit late, you'll know where we are and what's going on. And if you think about it, uh, please try to keep us in your prayers, keep us in your thoughts, uh, traveling mercies, and all the things that go along uh, with that kind of a trip. Well, as usual, there are a lot of different topics and a lot of different subjects that we could cover on the Soul Trap. But I wanted to address something that I don't want to address, but I feel like I need to, um, because I think it touches on something far deeper that's going on. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about this whole Colin Kaepernick thing, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. If you've been watching the news, any kind of news, sports news, Fox, MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, local news, everybody's been talking about this quarterback out there for the San Francisco 49ers that uh, initially in a preseason game didn't stand for the national anthem and then as the entire nation yay the entire world watched with bated breath here again I believe it was last night did not stand once again and this time was actually joined by uh, I think one or two other players in kneeling and refusing to stand uh, for the national anthem. I wanted to address this, and I'm going to address it at the risk of alienating people and maybe even making some people aggravated at my stand, but the truth of the matter is I I have always tried to be true to myself and true to what I think the Bible teaches and true to the principles upon which this nation was founded, and so I'm not interested in uh, singing or preaching to the choir. I'm not interested in in stirring up the base, I'm interested in speaking truth, and if ever we needed it, we need truth today. So at the risk of making everybody mad, let me start out my whole spiel about Colin Kaepernick by simply stating what should be the obvious. Colin Kaepernick has the right to sit through the national anthem, and he has the right to be left alone about it for the most part. And you can have whatever opinion you want about him, and you can think whatever you want about him, but the truth of the matter is, he has the right to do exactly what he's doing. You see, you and I don't have the luxury to judge based on emotion. That is a progressive Democrat way of viewing the world. I am a constitutionalist. 
I, unlike most Democrats, and unlike most or all progressives, believe in principles, freedom, personal choice, and personal consequence that comes along with those choice. I believe in the Bill of Rights, and I believe that it was forged from the very precepts of Scripture and nature's laws. And therefore, he has a right to sit there like a spoiled, overinflated, egocentrical, selfish mule rectum that he is. He has the right to sit there and not stand for the national anthem. It's a funny sort of a thing because the very act of protest that he commits proves the, in, the, the invalidness of his own argument. He's talking about oppression and nobody is oppressing him for taking a stand. Of course, all you have to do is check the papers and you'll find over in North Korea, one of their top officials got uh, shot and killed because he fell asleep in a, in a meeting. So if you really want to pro protest uh, you know, oppression, I would think that there are a lot of other places that you can do it. Last I checked, they're still killing homosexuals. They're still killing women that commit adultery. They're still cutting off the hands of thieves over in the Middle East. If you really want to see oppression, why don't you come with me to a missions trip uh, to uh, Central or South America or Haiti? I mean, there's a lot of different places that you can protest oppression. In fact, if you really had a desire to protest oppression, you might actually go into the inner city of San Francisco or Detroit or Los Angeles or Tampa and actually do some good. But the truth of the matter is, at the risk of alienating listeners and making the diehard Soul Trap supporters angry with me, I think Colin Kaepernick had a right to do what he did. Note I said a right. I do not mean to say that it was good, just that he can do what he wants. Of course it's stupid. Of course it's disrespectful. Of course he works for a private business as well, and it sets the rules, and if he doesn't want to follow them, then they also, likewise, as a private group, have a right to fire him. But Colin Kaepernick is, has the right to be disrespectful. If that's the choice that he wants to make, he has the right and the privilege to be able to make the choice that he wants to not stand. He also has to deal with the consequences. That's what happens in an open and free society. But he has the right. Now, I know that what I'm saying may not be a popular thing to say. I do support good police officers, but I'm, I'm going to, I have to admit also, I'm, I'm tired of police officers getting a bad rap. I mean, they've gotten just this bad rap and, and much of it is coming from Black Lives Matters and other neo-communist anarchist movements trying to undercut the very fabric of our society. So yeah, it, it kind of makes me mad. I'm not saying that there's not bad cops. I'm not saying that there's not some systemic problems when it comes to the war on drugs and poverty and education and those kind of things like that. But the, the reality is, you and I don't operate off of what makes us mad. We operate off of the highest laws on the land. And ladies and gentlemen, the highest laws on the land are the Constitution predicated upon the Bills, Bill of Rights. And when we take an oath, it is an oath to support not the fraternal order of police. It is not to uplift the memory of officers or to prove that I'm patriotic, simply because we're afraid of being called anti-patriotic. When we take an oath, we take an oath to the Constitution of the United States of America. And so far as I can tell, Colin Kaepernick, under the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, was operating within the parameters of the very laws he seems to be protesting. So... He has a right to do what he did. Now, did it make him a, a mule head on national TV? Yeah. Do I think he's a moron? Yeah. 
But my point is simply this. I believe we, and this is probably the most important thing, I believe we are being fed a narrative that continually pulls us off course of what really matters and gets us to focus on things that don't really matter. Again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I think he is an absolute galactic jerk. I think he has the intellectual depth equal to the amount of spit that can gather in his mouthpiece. I think he has an overpaid high school jock that has no more grasp of the plight of the black man than I do. I think he has no grasp whatsoever of the irony that millions of quote-unquote white people support him and pay his freaking salary. If, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was raised and nurtured by the oppressive white people. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the oppressive police officers and police system are the ones that provide him security there at the very facility where he plays his game, quote-unquote, for a living. I think it's amazing that in the freest land in the world, he plays a stupid game making more money than most of his fellow citizens will ever make. I mean, you want to talk about oppression... There's a lot of places that we can talk about oppression, and there's a lot that's stupid with Colin Kaepernick. But ladies and gentlemen, this whole thing has struck me and shocked me, not because he won't stand for the national anthem, but it has struck me as utter nonsense and unreasonable as to how much we have become fascinated, enraptured, and angered by it. And what should have been a stupid second-rate quarterback on the sideline, probably doing this as a stunt for his own career and benefit, now we have escalated to the point where other athletes are getting involved, and we have taken something that is an, that an absolute sideshow and turned it into a priority. And my question is, why? Who cares what a second-rate quarterback in a preseason game with a bad afro does or does not do? Why are we continually allowing ourselves to be pulled into arguing things that cannot possibly be won? Or that in the grand scheme of things means so little. You see, I, I see some things, ladies and gentlemen, that this Colin Kaepernick issue with him not standing, I think it points to things in our own backyard, so to say, that need to be cleaned up, that we need to address. And look, if you're sitting out there listening and you're mad at me, because you think I'm not patriotic enough or not, well, you've missed what I'm saying. But hear me out for just a few minutes. This uproar brings to light a couple of issues that I think really need to be addressed. And it is an amazing uproar. I mean, you turn on ESPN, you turn on the local news, oh, he didn't stand. I went on the blaze, I went on judge, he didn't stand, he didn't stand. What are we going to do? And now there's somebody beside him. Who cares? I, really, what, what, why are we allowing the media to dictate to us the narrative of what is or is not important in this nation? And some of these issues that we need to really think about for just a minute. And the first issue that comes to my mind is we don't have to react to everything. We can't fight everything all the time on every cable news channel. We don't have to Facebook and Twitter about everything. And we must learn to recognize adult issues that require adult responses and childish issues that require us to change a diaper or two and then move on. There's a verse in the book of Ecclesiastes that says, There is a man that ruleth over another to his own hurt. One of the things that I think is missing is I think we're unable to stay on message. 
We address every single thing that comes along and we feed into it. Like a, like a worm put in front of a fish, we keep going after every little thing. And so rather than facing the issues that should be faced with, we keep being pulled into these nonsensical, stupid, meaningless issues. But I think one of the second things that it brings to light is that we are living in a talk big, but do nothing generation. I am so tired. I saw this this past week. I am so tired of people going on Facebook and talking big. I saw some guy, and I, you know, bless his heart. I'm sure that he's trying to do good, but he goes on Facebook and burns Colin Kaepernick's jersey. But I'll bet you that that same guy won't miss one single football game in the NFL. Not a lick. You know why? Because most people who claim to be activists are nothing more than Fox News complainers. I mean, where was all everybody when prayer was taken out of school? Where was everybody when, when aborting babies became legal? Where was everybody over the last several years when there was actually a chance to make a difference? Now, that's right. We were building megachurches and going to Disney World and comparing our SUV with the Joneses SUV. The truth of the matter is, this has become a do-nothing generation across the board. Remember, I guess it was a year or so, maybe more ago, remember when the owners of the Clippers was caught in a racist rant? The players afterwards came out on the court, and during their warm-up, they came up and took their jerseys off and turned them inside out and made a big show. Did you know that they went ahead and played that game? They kept playing. I mean, there was no actual sacrifice of any cost whatsoever. I mean, it's, it's a silly do-nothing generation. That makes these big, braggadocious sort of statements on Facebook. That chitter-chatters and banters and argues and fusses back and forth. But there's very little actual sacrifice and commitment. Kaepernick sits there like a teased-out rough draft of Prince, making a statement that means nothing, costs nothing, and accomplishes nothing. If he was really concerned about oppression, why don't you go do something about it, man? Why are you lecturing the nation? Why are you making a show of yourself on national TV? And I think the same can be said for all of us across the board. Progressive, conservative, Democrat, Republican. Don't expect there to be any real change unless you're willing to sacrifice a bit and actually get involved. And here's the point for whoever is listening uh, along with this. I think white American churches and people need to get involved in the inner cities working hand in hand. I think black American inner city workers need to stop being so territorial. And we all need to start actually sacrificing and working together. Sitting here posting Facebook and arguing and debating it on ESPN about whether this one quarterback stands or not. What does that matter to anybody, anywhere, at any time? I mean, I'm not a big fan of morality, but George Carlin made one of the greatest statements one time about supreme arrogance. He said, quote, we're so self-important, so arrogant. Everybody's going to save something now. Save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save the snails. And the supreme arrogance? Save the planet. Are these people kidding? Save the planet? We don't even know how to take care of ourselves. We haven't even learned how to care for one another. And that, that quote is so true. We go on Facebook and we, we, we vent. We argue. But very few and far between are the people that are willing to actually make sacrifices. Let me digress for just a minute with, with, with those of you that would be considered Christian listeners to the soul trap. 
I see people all the time venting, making statements, demanding all this kind of stuff on Facebook. And I have to wonder myself, how much are they ever actually involved in evangelism? I mean, if I were to walk into the average church, mine or any other church, and say, do you think that this is, this is an important election? Almost every hand would go up. And a lot of people think that Donald Trump is the only hope that we have and that kind of thing like that. And the reason that they're going to vote for Donald Trump is they're scared about the nation and scared about the direction the nation is going. But you take that same group of people and say, let's have a prayer meeting or let's go out with some gospel tracts and just put them on the doorstep. Not knock on the door, not talk to anybody. Just, just put a gospel track or a New Testament on somebody's doorstep. Nobody will do that. Of course, they'll go to their ball game, they'll go to the soccer game, they'll go to the softball game, they'll turn out for any kind of thing they want, but they have no real legitimate concern about sacrificing. We are a do-nothing generation, and Facebook has enhanced that. Facebook has made us proud of turning our little phrases on our witty little comments. It has made us proud of being great debaters and, and, and all the memes that we can put out there. And brother, we're going to light the jersey on fire and we're going to show Colin Kaepernick. You had not shown anybody anything. Nothing. Something has to come to grips in our mind. I think another issue that needs to be dealt with is that the news, ladies and gentlemen, is not reporting news. They're telling us how to think and it's high time we start shutting it off. There is something about reading that allows you to process a bit. But the 24-hour news cycle of news is not reporting anything. They are telling us how to think. And we are like Pavlovian subjects responding accordingly. You wake up on a Monday morning. They tell you that a San Francisco quarterback who happens to be black uh, doesn't stand for the national anthem. And they're mad about it. The world's mad about it. Everybody's mad about it. And you think, huh, well, I guess I should be mad about it. You know what? I'm not. I could give two rips of a potato chip what that freak does or doesn't do. And if it's that important to me, I don't have to get on Facebook and rant about it. I can just turn the NFL off. I can just not watch the football game. Another issue that I think is very important, and that is I think our anger and general frustration with the system is making us unthoughtful. Anger is a dangerous thing, ladies and gentlemen. Anger will blind you. It will confuse you. It will make you think in the wrong way. And rather than rising above the silly horse crap nonsense that is being force-fed us on a daily basis, we scream back at the TV, we burn jerseys, we make comments on Facebook, we argue, we debate. All the while, we seem to let high crimes and misdemeanors go unpunished. We never march, we never sacrifice, we never do anything. Hillary Clinton gets away with it, this person gets away with it, that person gets away with it. Of course, we're not going to do anything about it. We can't do anything about it. But you better beware. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Anger can blind to the real need and the real issue. The real need and the real issue. Blind anger is a dangerous thing, folks. And let's just be real honest here. One of the reasons that Donald Trump was selected was not because of his morality, and not because of his ability to run this nation, and certainly not because of his track record as a conservative constitutionalist. B uh, Donald Trump was chosen for no other reason than he identified with our anger and gave it the most voice and the most credence. We had a man at our fingertips that was everything we wanted. We had a man who stood up to Obama to his face at the prayer breakfast. We had a man that was a true outsider, a man that was honest, a moral, a man that was thoughtful. 
a man most of all that was committed to God and to the Constitution and to the empowerment and education of the people, but we rejected Dr. Carson. Why? Because we disagreed with him? No. Why did we reject him? Because he wasn't saying what we wanted said in the way we wanted said. You see, we wanted somebody to put Megyn Kelly in her place. We wanted somebody to yell at all these immigrants coming in. We wanted somebody to give vent and credence to our anger. And rather than making a rational, right, wise decision, we chose a man who may be our demise. I hope not. Trump is, is okay, so he's going to defeat Hillary. Okay, maybe he does. But the truth of the matter is, most people didn't choose Trump, Trump because they thought he was the best to defeat Hillary. They chose Trump because they wanted revenge. And I believe with all of my heart, our anger is being used against us and we don't even realize it. We don't even recognize that our own anger, our own frustration is being used against us to divide us. Our own anger against the Black Lives Matter is going to be used against us to embrace a police state. Our own anger against what we see going on is going to be used against us to get us to check out. Our anger is being used against us because we are not masters of anger. We are venting, we are mad, we are throwing a temper tantrum, but we are not thinking. And I can't leave the subject without saying that when I see the Colin Kaepernick, I see that there is such a vast disconnect. A reality that has to be stated. Look, I get that there may be prejudices and there may be racism. Not like we are led to believe. I do not believe that there is a systemic national racist problem. I do not believe that at all. I get that. But the truth of the matter is, the bloodletting, the, 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 the artery that has to be stopped is not white or systemic racism. If you live in America and you're a black man, you're pretty much safe for the most part. Okay, an officer might look twice at you. Okay, you, you, you might have to put up with something here or there, and those are things that can be addressed. But the reality of the matter is, if you're a black man in the United States of America, you're pretty safe unless there's another black man around. There may be some systemic racism. I don't think so. As I said, I think that argument falls to the ground for the most part. But the truth of the matter is, if you're a black man, if you're the black culture in the United States of America, you need to be far more worried about abortions, gangs, lack of fathers, inner city political corruption, progressivism, the prosperity gospel. I mean, an older generation that will not change or will not recognize any hope and pass that hope on to the next generation. The real, These are the real culprits that are plaguing the black community. So when I see Colin Kaepernick, I see in that one moment, not that we have to address a moron with teased out hair that's probably going to be cut, cut from his football team anyway. I could care less whether he stands or not. There always have been irreverent jacklicks. There always will be irreverent jacklicks. There always have been inconsistent morons that like to put on a show. There always will be. He's nothing but an overpaid, thumb-sucking jock that doesn't have enough sense to know which end is up. Okay, fine. Stand over there in the kiddie playground. Let the adults deal with what's going on. So I'm not concerned about Colin Kaepernick, but I am concerned about us. I'm concerned that 
we would spend a week, I would spend a freaking podcast talking about some guy that did or did not stand who is meaningless. All the while, we are living in the very unfolding of the brave new world. We are living in an Orwellian 1984, Bradley Fahrenheit 411. We are living the very terror and the very cage that that writers have written about. We're living in it, experiencing in it. But what are we going to do? Well, we're not going to turn off NFL, but we'll burn a jersey. What? Well, we, we took a stand against Target. Yeah, but that was not really a big sacrifice, was it? Yeah, we all, boy, Target had those bathrooms and bless your heart, we just didn't go to Target anymore. Yeah, that was a big sacrifice. You didn't go to Target anymore, you went to Walmart. Hmm. That's not sacrifice, folks. Well, we're going to take a stand and we're going to help Chick-fil-A and we're going to go to what? Go down and eat more chicken? (laughs) What I'm saying is, is, is I just don't think we're thinking clearly about these things. No movement, no change, no revolution has ever come without the willingness to make profound sacrifices. Often that will never be realized in this generation. In other words, the generation that makes the sacrifice rarely, if ever, experiences the fruit of that sacrifice. But you have to be willing to do it now so that your children tomorrow will experience the freedom and the prosperity and the blessing of the sacrifices that you and I make. And it better be more than burning a jersey. And you better be more than concerned about some idiot quarterback that did or did not stand for the national anthem. We better stop acting in anger and letting everybody tell us what we should be mad about. We better start thinking through what the root and where we are and what is the problem. There is a generation that's crying out for for us not to let them down. I'm afraid up until now we have. And it's time that we take stock of where we are. Decide what is truly important. Fight for what is important. And forget about a thumb-sucking jock with a bad afro that doesn't even know his butt from a hole in the ground. Have a great weekend.